is Notorious P.O.D. The name's John Bass on this M.I.C. I brought a couple man alongside of me. I got Gary Roy Smith in the place to boot. We got murder stats and guests galore. You know we're talking real hip-hop folklore. And we're gonna cover all the goddamn classics. Notorious P.O.D. We're gonna smash it. Peace! It's better. How's your, what's your drink? Recordlig. Hmm. I think what did I go for? Um, mango and raspberry. Mango and raspberry for big gals. Um, well, hello and welcome to Notorious POD, the Black Star episode. I'm your host, John Bass. I'm joined once again by my best friend, Gary Roy, Roy of the Rovers, Smith. Legend. Hey, it's dude, nice mate. To, good mate. Yeah, it's nice to be back in the in the sea after all these special guests. In the ends. Yeah. Like, did you were you intimidated mate by some of the big names? Yeah, fucking hell. I mean Tony I D up in I the house. I don't know how I can well, I definitely let's let's get one thing straight mate. I can't I can't ever live up to that. <laughs> I mean I, we're certainly not going to be doing a, a two-part special, I don't think we, but it, nah. was, um, it was it was amazing, wasn't it? Yeah, it was great. So good. He's um like for anyone who's not listened to that episode, um go back there's two parts. Uh, reasonable doubt. We we cover like obviously the album, same as a normal episode, but like it was so much more. Mm. Like Tony's um, like knowledge of like hip hop in general, uh, like rhymes, and yeah. like, I think it's just amazing. Definitely, but like, he's crazy, isn't he? Like crazy yeah, man. but he just you know, I mean, he, he's really passionate. I mean, he's just yeah. like beyond passionate about yeah. it, isn't he? And I just got so much. I've got so much respect for that. Really, yeah. I think like to be honest, like he. Um, He's kind of what we always talk about, which is like hip hop's not just like a genre of music that people like. Yeah, I mean it is that, but like it is a culture, and like for a lot of us, it's like it's you live and breathe it. And Tony's the perfect like embodiment of like what hip hop culture is. And um, yeah, man, like he's just a proper student of the game. It's like yeah. kind of like amazing to um, to listen to him talk. It's, it's great for sure. Um, how's things with you, mate? You good? Yeah, mate, really good. Thanks. Um, a bit hungover. Yeah, you got fucked up last night. Yeah, last you? night. And I, I had one of those nights I just don't... I got from Bank <laughs> to Letchworth, and I don't remember the journey home. I do know that I stopped at the um, Chinese shop mm. uh, in King's Cross, a little like Chinese takeaway what did you? What was your tipple, mate? It was like a like a chicken curry mm. um, with rice and that. It was, mm. it was fucking amazing. Lovely. But I do remember that. Do but I don't remember then... The, the journey back I think I fell asleep at one point woke up shitting myself that I was going to be in like Peterborough or some shit <laughs> like that um, but no luckily I was only at Welling or something so yeah I do remember that fucking hell well so, today we're recording um, at mine in London and it's like blue skies glorious sunshine bank yeah. holiday weekend so we're going to um, we're going to smash this pod out for you um, and then we're going to turn our attention to uh, another one of our like bonus episodes so very shortly after you listen to this, you can jump on to the Wiley Treading on Thin Ice album, which is going to be another bonus episode. So you've got that to look forward to. Um, just before we get into the um, like the, the sort of detail of this uh, episode, um, for those of you that listen regular, you'll remember um, Cam, who was on uh, an episode for Dr. Dre's The Chronic. Uh, his podcast, Crate 808, which he spoke a little bit about, is, is nearly done. So basically, it's, it's kind of, for those that kind of miss the golden era of hip-hop, uh, Crate 808 podcast travels back to the 1990s with lively debates around classic albums and interviews with instrumental people from the culture. So expect hip-hop heads arguing to get a classic album into their Crate 808, which is kind of like a Hall of Fame. 
and they've also got some great guests like the people behind Hip Hop Connection, uh, Foreign Beggars, and Killer Keller, to name a few. So uh, make sure you follow them. Just look for Crate Eight Hundred Eight basically on all the socials. You'll find them. Uh, and then when it's ready to go, make sure you subscribe. Right. Yeah, and I, I noticed they've got their artwork done as it's well. Did you see sick, that? Isn't it? So good, isn't it? Lovely, mate. Um, yeah, they've outdone us there, haven't they? Yeah, he's mugged me right off. Yeah, yeah. he's mugged me right off there. Yeah, um, your, your um, Microsoft Paint skills, mate, just aren't living up to. Um, they leave a little bit to be desired, don't they? Yeah, but um, so yeah, big up Cam. Um, we'll, we'll keep supporting them because they're going to keep supporting us. So um, the more people that are kind of interested in listening to podcasts about the golden era hip hop, the better. So. Just spreading the love. It's the Brooklyn way, guys. Certainly, mate. Um, just getting into our regular feature now, Street Report. Uh, just to update on what's been happening in the world of golden era hip hop. Um, Biggie would have turned forty-seven this week. Oh god. Um, yeah, it's mad, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um, obviously, he's the guy we named the pod after, so he's kind of uh, in our eyes a bit of a legend. But it's just mad to think, like, obviously history would have completely changed had he still been alive. Like, we don't know where. Yeah. hip-hop would be now but mm. it's kind of mad because that whole era like his kind of peers there's only sort of a few of them that are still kind of active and top of the game you know the likes of like jay-z snoop like yeah, those guys yeah exactly so it's it's kind of interesting to kind of see what would have been if if those guys were still around you yeah know? totally so um, it's crazy yeah it's amazing um this week is also the 20th anniversary of raucous records uh sound bombing two um, we actually had a question from MF Gloom uh, on Twitter. His at, uh, his handle is at pontification. He's put a uh, pretty straightforward question. Your thoughts on Raucous Records, its legacy, and how you feel about the late 90s, early noughties, independent hip-hop era. Keep up the good work, quality podcast. Thank you, mate. Appreciate it. Um, what do you think about Raucous, guys? Because those sound bombings, one and two, were like, like our childhood of hip-hop, oh, basically, weren't they? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I was always a massive fan of um, sound bombing one mm. over... Sound bombing too, just pure a pure preference, um, you know, in terms of being able to listen to the album from from start to end. Yeah, um, yeah. If if you if you're listening to the podcast and you haven't heard Sound Bombing One, well, where 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 have you been? Basically, I mean, yeah. it is it is hip hop folklore, really. What um, what was your like standout tracks from that album? Because I I remember us always listening to that Fire in which you burnt Indelible MCs. Do you remember that? Yeah, um, that was a fucking tune, mate. That, yeah, definitely, mate. And, Right. And Company Flow. I mean, like this yeah. is the first time I've heard Company Flow as well um, on Looney Looney Tunes, Looney TNS. Yeah. And um, I was just like, "What is this group?" And then uh, you know, that so so many names on there that you start like investigating, start looking yeah. into, and it's like it's a great album. Yeah, it's crazy because like that. So I'm just looking at the album here. It's like R.A. Rugged Man, Indelible MC, Company Flow, uh, Shabam Shadik. Uh, like it's just amazing like most Def Tully Pulley come on kick it like it was wicked like yeah, yeah. I thought that um, the whole era was amazing and that Arabian Nights as well by Shabam Sadiq incredible it's such a great like <laughs> it's such a great hip hop track yeah it really is so yeah I mean for, like for me Sound Bombing was, was kind of uh, like, and that whole era of kind of like underground like hip hop and kind of independent labels was was kind of really yeah. appealing for me because it's Gateway album wasn't it? yeah Definitely. I think so because it was one of them like you could just put it because it's mixed as yeah. well you could just have it on like on journeys in the car and stuff and it just felt I don't know it felt like especially from where we're from it felt like a little bit of a hidden gem yeah definitely and I love the recording um, in the I think well obviously half, about halfway through the album it says welcome to side two mm. so it's like obviously like it's you know meant for vinyl you know yeah. scratching like long players tape 
cassettes, that kind of Man, stuff. That's true, I forgot about that. Actually. And um, obviously, when you listen to the CD, yeah. it just comes out of nowhere, Welcome to Side 2. It's like, what? Yeah, yeah. that's true. <laughs> Fucking hell, I forgot about that. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, Sound Bombing 2, though, which is obviously the one that um, its anniversary is this week, I, there's so many good tracks. Oh, there. mate. That was one of those ones where it was like, uh, there's that Eminem track, uh, Any Man, which yeah. was one of them. It's like for um, kind of. Eminem aficionados it was like it could catch people off guard so yeah. like a lot of people didn't realise that he'd done that so you always felt like a little bit smug if you knew about that record yeah and um, the mixing from a DJ's point of view as well I think the mixing on that album is, is just so 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 well cut yeah um, is that Evil D on um, Soundbombing 2 as well I think it is Evil D yeah, yeah. I think he did I think he did them both there's a couple of tracks I like on it Cross Sound Beef um, oh which is fucking amazing and the instrumental intro to it as well yeah. is incredible but to be fair you know you could, you could argue you could argue the tops couldn't you I think between yeah. Soundbombing 1 and Soundbombing 2 I love the spatter in um, R.A. the Rugged Man across the air across yeah. it, by the way do you follow him on Twitter yeah he's so good on he's Twitter he's great like, he just talks so much comment, like so much sense to me like, I just love to yeah. love to read his, um, his tweets it's just spot on yeah he's a cool guy man like he's really interesting like he was kind of like one of the original like especially in the kind of golden era 90s like one of the white rappers yeah. that was had that street credibility it did it did and like obviously he was closely aligned with like Mob Deep and like Havoc and stuff and um, Alchemist and yeah it's really like he's a really interesting character in Hitler, definitely, I think. And definitely. Kind of a little bit of a tragic figure as well you know yeah like he's had his problems and stuff like that but yeah Stanley Kubrick was like that tune we used to talk about all the time. Yeah. We need to suffer County. Yeah. Wicked. Uh, Raucous was amazing. Brilliant. Um, yeah. We're both big fans. So, yeah, good question. Thanks for that, um, MF Gloom. Great But I never, I, after that, just a quick one, mate, yeah. on, on Raucous. I never, I never felt, felt that anything topped to Raucous uh, Soundbombing 1 and 2. Mm. Like, to me... What, I, like, I suppose, like a compilation, you mean? I suppose, on, yeah, exactly. I, no, I mean... Any like like Soundbombing three, yeah, right, yeah, like yeah. wasn't anywhere near as good. Yeah. Apart from that, was the first time I'd heard. Um, what was it? Was it Oh No? That was that was yeah, on there with Mose and yeah. Fairmont. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and um, yeah, yeah, that's on Soundbombing so, three. So there yeah. are still some some diamonds, but True. in terms of a compilation, Raucous yeah. compilation is always about one and two. I think it's actually that it's quite a good. Um, it sums up how hip hop changed between those three because. I'd say like Soundbombing One is like raw hip hop. Like yeah. it's it's kind of still there's like experimental beats on there, and it's like kind of yeah dark and gritty and raw. And yeah. then Soundbombing Two is kind of a mixture. Yeah, exactly. Like Soundbombing Two is more of a mixture, and you've got like it's moving towards like newer sounds at that point in time. And then Soundbombing Three is that step into like it's becoming yeah. more commercial. Uh, you know, so even though Raucous at the time was still an independent and fairly underground label, like even their stuff was like moving towards that so yeah. it's quite interesting I think yeah. um, okay cool well look let's cool. get into um, this week's episode um, Blackstar yeah. now guys you just dropped a bomb on me because <laughs> I was like mate I'm really looking forward to getting into this and you were like yeah yeah I mean it's a weird one mate I I mean respect it for respect Blackstar of course Talib Kweli most definitely but for me it's, it's an album that I can I, I can do without you know yeah. I, I'm not I'm not that massive a fan of of the album, to be honest. It's it's all right. Yeah, it's average to me. But you know, let's have the let's have the debate. Yeah, mate, exactly. The thing is, it's it's easy to um to like come on like our pod and just be like, oh, every album's brilliant and it's amazing. Like, I think it's good to explore why stuff gets like classic status, and sometimes it's not 
because it's that good. Yeah. Like there's other re- like mitigating reasons why things are considered brilliant, and I think that's in a lot of ways sometimes more interesting than us just going, "Oh yeah, this album's fucking brilliant," and just wanking each other it's off about it. how good yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. So I think that that is quite um it's quite interesting, but yeah, it, for me it's like um I thought it'd be good to do because it's more what I'd consider sort of to be like uh on the on the left of hip hop, like it's not the flashy money and like all that sort of shit. It's more towards the like backpack hip hop and like thought provoking Afrocentric. Yeah, like it's more that side of hip hop. So I thought that would be quite good considering you know recently we've had like obviously the Jay Z like uh, Reasonable Doubt album yeah, and the sure. Chronic, which is more the kind of like the flashy gang side of things. I thought it'd be interesting to do more of an introspective album. Sure, mate. Yeah, I can totally understand why you why you picked it. And and even you know when you did, I didn't want to kind of because I thought well yeah. it'd be good to have the debate yeah. but I for me I yeah I mean there's a couple of tracks on it that I really like but across the board I'm just like yeah you know it's just yeah. it's alright mate fair enough well what we'll do um, this is part, basically the part of the show where we get into what we call the murder stats uh, for most death and Tully Qualley's our Black Star album um, for those of you that don't know what it is basically this is where we give you all the important stats and facts for the album um, and then we discuss them so these are going to be your murder stats for Black Star these are your murder stats for most death and Talib Kweli are Blackstar. Often called simply Blackstar is the only studio album by the hip-hop duo consisting of Talib Kweli and most death. The album was released on September the 29th 1998 to critical acclaim. The title is a reference to the Blackstar line, a shipping line founded by pan-Africanist Marcus Garvey. The album deals with modern day issues, philosophical ideas and life in Brooklyn, New York City. Singles from this album included Definition, released May 26, 1998, and Respiration, released February 23, 1999. The album peaked on the Billboard Hot 100 at number 60. Those were your murder stats for Blackstar, Blackstar album. Ah, right, cool. Ah, right, cool. So, those, those were your murder stats. Um, mate, what's, what's standing out for you out of those stats, if anything, mate? well it didn't do very well did it no Um, not really as an album but you know I'd I'd say that probably it was it wasn't as easily accessible by the majority of people in the United States you know I think that's probably fair to say isn't it yeah it's probably one of the reasons why it doesn't really resonate too too well with me as well yeah I I guess it's one of them where it's like um, we spoke to Cam about uh, Dre and if you look at the numbers that like the Chronic and 2001 have done compared to pretty much every East Coast album we've ever done. Like it, it's it's scary, like the difference in yeah. like commercial like success. Mm. And I think that's the thing, isn't it? Is like uh, if you look at from like sliding scale and like commercial hip hop and West Coast hip hop being the, the sort of mo- the most kind of broad and accessible, the numbers don't like lie. Basically, they. Yeah. they obviously sell more records and then when you get to kind of like sort of uh, what I would refer to as kind of like middle hip hop middle of the road hip hop I don't mean that in a derogatory way as in just like classic standard hip hop rapping about money and cars and drug dealing that does a certain amount and then when you keep moving down the line you start talking about like social issues and political then the numbers like dwindle even more and we've noticed that with like Tribe Called Quest and we were shocked then about the record sales and the yeah. numbers so I think there's something in that in terms of like the type of hip hop people totally, totally mate yeah and you know for me it's like there's no there's no there's no real like standout banger on there is yeah. there that, that could have been let's say 
a record for the charts you know that mm. that that everybody knew and listened to and kind of got like that just doesn't exist on this album that's a good that's a really good point actually because pretty much every other album we've done there's at least like one single that's kind of like yeah crossed over into like what I call like the mainstream consciousness like people know it even if they don't necessarily like know definitely, it definitely but that doesn't exist point. with this album not at all for me yeah that's a good point I guess it's more like a like a niche favourite for people isn't it like if you discovered it and you enjoyed it then it's like a massive thing in terms of like people really rate it but I think like the general concern, I mean like I think this is probably the first time we've done that the average person on the street wouldn't have a fucking clue what this sure, is sure agreed whereas everyone else knows the name Tribe Called Quest. They might not be able to quote you any lyrics, yeah, but they know the but name. But they'll say, can I kick it? Like Exactly. But that's fine. But if but I if said, you said Black Star, no, you, it'd be like, is that David Bowie's album? Yeah. Like, but then know. if you said Most Deaf, then, you know. Maybe, yeah. It's kind of like... Yeah, that's true. But then, like, you're right, I guess it's like, it's still that like recognition factor. Yeah. And maybe this album doesn't have that. And like you say, the chart... But then I think to myself, but why, why should that mean that you, you don't like it? You know, shouldn't, shouldn't that mean that I actually like it? You know, like yeah. it's, it's weird. I just yeah, because chart success doesn't mean it's good. Definitely there's not. There's loads of shit. Of course not. That's really popular. That's got. That's nowhere near as good as this album. Yeah. So yeah, I agree. It's not always about that. But um, do you remember like the first time you came across this like album or like when you first heard about Blackstar? Because obviously you you don't. It's not a favorite of yours, but you obviously knew about it because I remember we like this album was about back in the day. Yeah, I think it, for me it was. Um, just knowing of the artists individually, mm. you know, within, within their own within their own right, and I think for me, Talib Kweli um, was really someone who I started paying attention to um, when he was on uh, the Kanye West album, mm. and he obviously toured with Kanye, didn't he? Yeah, and vice versa. Sorry, vice versa. Yeah, he, he Kanye toured with with Talib Kweli, and. Um, for me, that's where the, the name come from. And, and Carl always used to talk about Talib. Yeah, big well. up MC Ruff. MC Ruff. And I think, yeah, that's where it comes from. And I, I didn't really know about um, Blackstar until until then. Mm. You know, until I started understanding, okay, they, you know, they're a, they were a group formed, obviously, with most definitely. Probably. Yeah, I've, for me, I think it was actually sound bombing. Was it? Um, because like hearing most and Talib on various bits and bits yeah. on there... And like becoming aware of Most Def and like really liking him on like Crosstown Beef and like other tracks mm, in there, mm. and I th- and also like Lyricist Lounge and just like hearing Most Def, and then yeah, just the artwork of the album I think is kind of quite memorable. Yeah, and I think a lot of the time with classic albums like that's part of the battle, isn't it? Like if you've got something that's iconic, stands out. It does, yeah, just sticks in your memory, yeah, doesn't it? It does. So I think that was my first time that I that I heard it, and then kind of of late it was one of those albums I hadn't listened to for ages and then I kept seeing this clip going around which was of um, basically Blackstar performing uh, Definition and I kept like retweeting it because it like obviously it's the you know the back and forth between the two yeah. of them and it's amazing to watch them do it so live good. and um, big shouts to Kev Crow because he just constantly keeps retweeting when I tweet Great. it and I know that he loves this album so so big up you Kev um, and yeah then it just kind of like reminded me like fucking hell that, that Blackstar album was amazing and so I just like kind of listened to it of late like kind of quite a bit which is what probably why it was in my mind like yeah. we should probably do this um, but yeah I've always had a kind of soft spot for it I mean most death would probably be in my like personal favourite top five Okay. so I really like him as an artist and I just thought this would be this would be cool to do but um, we actually saw them do you remember? we did 
um, was it is it Forum in Kentish Town? Yeah, and Yasin Bay. Yeah, is what who who we saw. Yeah, what well, was Talib? And, and it wasn't good, was it? No, it, it was really good. bad. It was really bad. And maybe that's why. Like maybe maybe subconsciously. Yeah. And it, like, I remember it just being like really weird. It was weird because basically it was supposed to be a black star show, so it was Talib and Most F now Yasin Bay. But they had a problem with the sound, yeah, if I remember. that's right. So it wasn't that they were shit. They were getting really fucked off. They were they? getting fucked off and kept like stopping tracks and being like, can you sort my mic out? And Talib's mic was fucked. Yeah, it was. So when they were doing the like little cross between them, it just sounded a bit shit. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's one of them where it's like, they're like grown men and they probably just get fucked off and they're like, this is shit. Yeah, like, what are we doing this for? What are we doing this for? Yeah. Uh, and also Yasin Bay, as he is now, most definitely. It's a million bump, wasn't it? I think we were like uh, a week or something. Carl came as well. Did he? Yeah. There was four of us. I remember feeling really disappointed by yeah. it. Yeah. I think maybe that's probably what soured your memory, mate. Yeah, it could be. Because it was really disappointing. Yeah. Yeah, and the fact I just <laughs> don't really like it. Yeah, well, there's that. Why did you come then, you little rat? <laughs> yeah, sorry, mate. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, well, look, let's, talk, let's try and be more positive about it. Let's, um, let's talk about the things that we do like. Sure, so, mate, definitely. Give yeah. me an insight of the, the tracks that you do like off the album, mate, um, so that we can get a kind of vibe for it. So my personal favourites are um, Astronomy, mainly for like kind of the, the instrumentals amazing to me, and the wordplay is really clever. It's kind of like taking uh, concepts of the word black and spinning them into like clever rhymes like yeah. positive things which I think is really cool and obviously the way they work together on the, like the again, o- which is the opening track of the yeah. album which again I think is like part of the the joy of this album is actually the way that they do like their kind of skill in terms of rhyming together is really quite like brilliant and like yeah. on this album I think it's done it's done really well but yeah. I actually think they're the they're the best of that they've, you know like we talked about duos yeah. before haven't we but I actually do think that you know Blackstar got to be one of the best yeah for that I'd say like the, yeah the opening of this so whatever little listeners come what is the black star is it the cat with the black shades the black car is it shining from very far to where you are it is commonplace and different intimate and distant fresher than an infant black my family thick like that strap molasses star on the yeah. I mean, well, I just think it's um, it's a strong opening. Yeah, for and sure. Like I said, it's, it's like it kind of sums up their um, their point of this whole album is like positive black message. And I think it's um, yeah, man, that's wicked. Yeah. Um, what about for you, mate? Astronomy's on there for me as well. Um, but I like the tracks towards the end of the album. Yeah. Okay. Respiration and thieves in the night. Yeah. Those, respiration's brilliant. Yeah. Isn't it? Respiration's amazing. Like to me, it's more. It's more the hip hop I like to listen to, to be honest. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, I think for production, mm. it's, it's a very like New York like instrumental, and that's yeah. the kind of hip hop that I, I really like. I, you know, there's just something different about what High Tech's done with it. I think it's, yeah, love a little blast there. Yeah. Yeah, it's just fucking amazing. It like, just kind of so sounds like um, almost like Jerry Wonder, like, Fu- like mm. the Fuji's instrumental. Like, like it's almost like something yeah. of the score, isn't it? It's like I just really, really like it. Yeah, that's that's a good shout, actually, man. I also um, really enjoyed Brown Skin Lady. Same. Um, it's on all my summer playlists. I mean, it's the perfect roller. Definitely. I mean, listen to that. Like. 
business. Well, over the years I met a few. None of them compared to you, preparing you to make food bearable. There's so much to this album in terms of production. Like mm. it's very like jazz, like influence. Yeah, um, and we'll talk a little bit about the production from High Tech and some of the others and some of the yeah. instrumentals and stuff because yeah. I, fi- I find that that's really interesting. Um, none more so than Brown Skin Lady is actually there's a sample from um, Jill Scott Heron's uh, We Lost a- We Almost Lost Detroit, which is an unreal song, which is an incredible song. Yeah, um, and one of the reasons that I brought that up, aside from the fact that's an amazing song and the samples used well, and we like the the track that the sample's been used from, is that yeah. you. We're lucky enough to see Jill Scott Heron. Yeah, mate, it was it was incredible. It Tell was, us about that, mate. Um, well, I've always, of course, you know, I mean, he's he's one of the, for me, he's one of the, the greatest musicians of, of all time. For sure. You know, completely transcending, you know, genres right, right the way across the board. And I think um, being a hip-hop fan, obviously, he's been sampled so much, and uh, just his his work his actual uh, music that he put out you know was just for me just unbelievable and I, I always loved to listen to him and um, Elise my now wife she she bought me tickets to go and see him mm. um, and it was so so good was was queuing up outside and this guy come up to us and started like chatting away and we was talking about him and he said like this could be like one of the last performances mm. that he ever does and he said, "Like you're so so lucky to be able to to see this. Trust me, there wasn't that many people yeah. there. Quite was, a small um, venue, right? Where were you in Barcelona or somewhere? No, right? no, it was in London. Oh, was it? Yeah, it was oh, in okay. uh, Hammersmith. Was it Hammersmith? Don't yeah, know. I think Maybe. so. Yeah, oh, I think right, it was. Cool. I think it was in Hammersmith. And um, yeah, it, it was uh, it was amazing, mate. It honestly was. It was the greatest thing. And you know, he had all of his band members, and of course, they were all like." Uh, old boys yeah. as well, um, but just to to witness him singing, see him singing, it was yeah, it was great. Mate, it's probably um, the best gig I've ever been to in that. Yeah, in that sense. mate, I, really I can was. totally see that. I mean, he, um, we basically kind of discovered him at the same time, which obviously was like fairly recently in the grand scheme of music. Yeah. Um, and he's one of those people. Like the more you start listening to his music, the more you see that how he's shaped like hip hop. Yeah. Um, like he's like James Brown, you know, the same, yeah, the same exactly, reason. Exactly. The same reason. And and the thing about Just Got Heron is like his whole thing is almost because he never liked his singing voice. So his whole thing was about his his voice and political message, political message and, word and exactly. And like Revolution would not be televised. Yeah, like just going to say that. Great yeah. examples yeah. of like early, essentially early hip hop. The idea of using poetry over music to convey a political message, which is essentially what hip hop is. And um, he's just a fucking genius, like yeah. incredible. Um, I really want to do like one of our bonus episodes to do Pieces of a Man. Yeah, because that's like one of pretty much one of my favorite albums of all time. Yeah, um, and there's a lot on there, obviously about kind of you know his wordplay and stuff like that, and it's um, it's amazing. But yeah, I mean his like his kind of impact on hip hop, I think, shouldn't be understated. And I think sometimes you know most people, I think, would understand James Brown's like impact on hip hop. But I'd say like Jill Scott Heron's one of those like you need to scratch beneath the surface to understand his impact. So if you've never come across him, like just listen to his music on Spotify or wherever you get your like music. And um, the guy is genuinely like fucking brilliant, yeah. absolutely amazing. Absolutely. So yeah, so it's his sample, um, which is on Brown Skin Lady, and Brown Skin Lady is just like I just love it, man. It's just such yeah. a like feel good summer record. It's like I say, it's, it's on every one of my summer playlists. It yeah. always makes it like so. 
Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you got a little bit. Yeah. Exactly. (laughs) In in, in that sense, it's like you know, it pretty much goes against everything I said earlier. In in that, there's no real like say bangers on it, but it's probably it's probably not. I mean, but it's not. Yeah. It's it's not. It's it's not. You've got to know the album to know the track. Exactly. So it's one of them. It's like it's a it's a gem. It's what I like refer to as like a B side. It's like people that know know it yeah like, like it's not mainstream and it's like if you put it on a like a house party or barbecue people are like well, what is this yeah and the skit know. at the start of yeah. it is great by the way it makes yeah. me laugh every time yeah it's hilarious it cracks me up yeah because he's like um, it's from a movie isn't it yeah I like from him a... with the straight hair man yeah. and he's like what are you talking about brother yes yeah, it's, it's great it's, it's really really good, um, good and just like on a personal note for me like it just it genuinely reminds me of like uh, I met my now fiance in the summer and like just always when I hear it like because it's obviously talks about like how he sees this girl and like meets her and stuff and it just always reminds me of like when I first met my missus so it's always like kind Good. of a positive message yeah, yeah. it's nice um, okay so uh, let's get back into a bit more detail about production so we've, we've mentioned high tech obviously mm. um, high tech kind of touches all over this album uh, I really like high tech and he's one of those producers like we, we've spoken so many times about like hip hop producers and we've I went through a, a couple of our episodes. We've never mentioned him, mm, yeah. And I think that he's like quite unfortunate to miss out on a lot of these conversations because he's responsible for some great records, man. Yeah, like Reflection the, Eternal, by the way. Uh, the Blast is a yeah, fucking the Blast tune, is unbelievable. So many good yeah. tracks. Um, Sun God, Common. Yeah, that is amazing. I, yeah, I mean, in terms of in terms of Reflection Eternal, I think mm. I'd probably rate that album mm. over mm. over the Black Star album. You know, I, I really do like Reflection Eternal. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you're 100 percent right, mate. I mean, he's just he goes under the radar, doesn't he? Mate, definitely. But what? How would you like sum up his production? Like, what, how would you sort of like talk about it? For me, he's like he's kind of um, like you say, jazzy. I think yeah, yeah. There's, there's quite a lot of jazz influence, isn't there? Yeah, and he's like kind of sample based. Yeah, but like his his stuff, I guess it's a little bit similar to, and I guess they, again they'd be in the same like realm as like Adila where it's like it doesn't feel like a premiere beat that's just looped totally there's nothing wrong it's with very that, musical. It. it's very musical yeah it feels more organic doesn't it yeah like, it does yeah and I guess you're right like that's the jazz kind of side of things for sure mate yeah right. a wide variety of sounds and instruments and influences used in his production technique yeah which I think is what makes it for, for this album particularly is what makes it feel like that side of hip hop where it's like Afrocentric and more like in tune with that because it feels more jazz sure. like, rather than just a loop based like hip hop thing. Yeah. Which is good. Um, okay, so anytime there's like two people involved in something or two things, we always, uh, it's like human nature that we're always like, who's Compare. the better? Yeah. 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 Now, on this album, Talib and Mose, for me, like, they're, they're both fucking great. Mm and I guess the question I want to ask you is like who's better now I don't know whether I mean who's better on this album or who's better in general, general. maybe well, let's ask both so who's better on this album Mose or Talib Talib really you reckon yeah I think so I, I just prefer him I, I don't know I don't know actually it's yeah. not easy I mean do you know what I, I questioned you there because I just wanted to see like what your reason was yeah but I don't think that's a mad shout, mate. Because actually, on a lot of the tracks, like his verses are. I mm. mean, they're both fucking good. That's why it's a great album. Yeah, yeah. But his um his verses do stand out for me. I think it's difficult on who's better on this album because 
the whole album is essentially about them exactly. together and their yeah. wordplay together. So, may, okay, well, let's leave and it's that. It's hard to judge, but I personally prefer Talib Kweli's career. Really? Yeah, I the most. Yeah, I do. So, I much prefer most over really? Talib, yeah. Because Talib for me is like, I don't like, I find his flow a bit jarring. A bit weird. It's just a bit weird, yeah. Right. Like, I, I can understand why you say yeah. that. But I just like his. I like. I kind of like it yeah. in a way. Like it's very different. Like it's it's very uh, recognizable. Mm. And his voice as well is very recognizable. Very, yeah. But then absolutely. I would say the same for most. Like that's probably what makes them so good together is that they're both very different. Yeah. And they're both really recognizable. Sure. And so the contrast together is great. I'd but say like, like, like you say, yeah. mate. It's very difficult, you know, to compare two great two greats, isn't it? It's, you, it's almost impossible it is almost impossible because it's like if you like especially if you like this album it's like why would you want to choose it's like choosing between your kids it is is. (laughs) why would you want to do that it's impossible isn't it it's savage yeah Um, so yeah most then yeah (laughs) Um, okay mate well the next question I ask you um, we're just going to actually have a quick break before we go to this I'm going to we're going to have some time to think about this because this this whole album is very lyrical right so definitely we're going to we're going to have a quick break and then when we come back, we're going to discuss our favourite lyrics or verses from this album, and we're going to get into that. So we'll be back after this quick break. Peace. Okay, so welcome back to Notorious P.O.D. We are now fully stocked with booze. Great. Which is good. Yeah, hence the cider. Like, we'll, we'll be out there in the sunshine soon. Mate. Yeah. So I'm on the Heineken's, Gaz is on the Record League. So Where are we actually going, by the way? We're going to an event called It's a Vibe! It's a Vibe. It's a Vibe, like with right. double S. Oh, fucking hell. Yeah, should be pretty rascal. Oval Space, Bank Holiday Special, mate. Sounds good. Yeah, little terrace. On the on the way here, on the train, there was like loads of what appeared to be 15-year-old kids mm. and I felt like an old cunt <laughs> on my way to do a classic hip-hop podcast. And yeah. that's exactly what I am. You are an old cunt, mate. We, we've, but do you know what I've noticed? We've both got grey. Like we're starting to get little bits of grey in our beard. And oh, shit. mate, of course. It's fucking annoying, isn't it? It's all right, though. Right. Thing is, I think we're in our peak now. You reckon? Yeah, we've got more money than we ever had. Better cars, better clothes. Like we're growing into our looks, mate. I hope so. That's the story I'm telling myself. I hope so. Sticking mate. with it, mate. Good luck. Um, all right, let's talk about. <laughs> Back um, to the album. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about uh, our favourite tracks or our, sorry our favourite lyrics from our favourite tracks um, we were when we were just like having some beers in our little break we were talking about the fact that there's not, not actually that many features on here but the one that stands out by a million miles is is common on respiration and you yeah. sort of looked to me as if to say can I say that as my favourite verse considering it's not the two people that made this album but, but to me that sums this album up you know mm. like it kind of pains me to say it, but he's just better. He sounds better on that instrumental than both most entirely put to, put together, in my personal opinion. Yeah, like the like his flow over it just sounds better. Like it's just to my ear anyway. It's just nice. It's just great. Like the way it, the way it works. Yeah, and for me, like one, I think it's fine because I personally think that on a lot of classic albums, the features are always. Not always, but they can be like the standout tracks. You know, we we talked with um, T and Big Up Felonious Filth um, about on Biggie's album, and we talked about obviously the Method Man feature mm. uh, on the What. Uh. And now that track is a fucking masterpiece, man. And if people were to come on and be like, one of my favourite verses on that whole album was Meths, 
you'd be like, oh yeah, that's fair enough. Like, that's fine. So I think that, you know, with this one, it's fine. But I want to play a little blast list because uh, Common is actually probably my favourite artist of all time, yeah. uh, hip-hop-wise. It's my favourite rapper. I'm not saying he's the best. Don't at me like, oh, what about Jay-Z? What about Biggie? And Nas? Yeah. I'm just saying I'm, he's my personal favourite. That's cool, mate. Um, You've got to have your personal favourite. Yeah, so I'm going to give a little blast of um, Common's verse. Yeah, so from... it's the, I think it's the chorus first, yeah. isn't it? Because uh, like, so, yeah, we'll that, that is actually my favourite lyric on this album, is yeah. the chorus of... Respiration. respiration and then you hear a little bit of most like uh, ad lib singing in the background which is amazing it's quite haunting and then it goes into Commons verse so we'll have a little blast of this Incredible. And here comes Common to rip that shit. His opening line. It's just <laughs> it's incredible. Just, it's like on um, what's the song? What's the track? He, uh, Common does when he says um, when I when I write, I see my daughter's eyes. I'm the truth. Yeah. And it's like it's across the table from corporate lies. Corporate, yeah, mate. It's, it's on like, the sixth sense. His, his, oh, his poetry is just yeah. it like it just knocks everything else out of the park for me. Mate, yeah, he's um, that's why I love him. Yeah. like for me, he's like his, yeah, he's, he's pure pure poetry. Yeah, 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 and um. Yeah, like he's amazing. Like yeah. that that is amazing that I stood on the hood. I stood looking back at the hood, hearing his voice on hearing his spirit in the wind, knowing that he's gone for good. It's yeah. Like, fuck it. Like, it's it's incredible. It's mate. ridiculous. Yeah. Um well I'll give from for my best lyric I'll, I'll kind of I'll take a whole track <laughs> in terms of its concept and I will um like I'll big up most on this. Mm. Basically the track is uh it's like the fifth track on the album. Uh, children's story. Now, for Slick those of you, Rick, yeah? yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, those of you that know Slick Rick, this is essentially an ode to him, like re reworked. It's right. really clever. So, it's like the idea is that the children's story trap by Slick Rick is like a obviously a story about a particular thing, and this is kind of like a reworking of that concept. Uh, and the way like most kind of like engineers this and writes it, it's 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 like watching a like a shot for shot remake of a movie, right. honoring how brilliant a movie is. So he like takes so many of the same lines but just works them in a different way. Like it's it's fucking brilliant. And you'll recognise like if you know Slick Rick, um, you'll recognise it. It's amazing. I mean, it's fucking incredible. And again, the instrumental is ridiculous. Like, it feels like playing it live, and the keys are just running. Like, um, yeah, it's a beautiful record, man. And uh, yeah. to me, that that's like um, most F again is another one of those artists I put in a bracket of. He's like, he's a student of the game. Like, he loves the thing that is hip hop. Like, he doesn't. He, a lot of his rhymes are, and a lot of the things he talks about are 
are hip hop related. Yeah. And I think that that track is like kind of an ode to obviously those artists like Slick Rick that he respects. Okay. And I think that that's, that shows his like ability to craft rhymes and, and I think it's absolute quality. Yeah. Um, so the next question, and again, I know that this, and to be honest, this is quite interesting because I know that you don't like massively love this album. Um, but what, what do you think this like album's impact has been on hip hop? So we know at the time, like it wasn't particularly like charting successful, but it's obviously like a really well regarded and well loved album. Like why, why do you think that is like, take your, I don't like the album that much mm. hat off and like, what is it about it? Mate? Do you think that people, that it does resonate with people? I think it's probably the, um, I think it's the, the the political side, mate, isn't it? I think to to me, you know, maybe that's why um, it doesn't really resonate with me particularly well because I think there's a there's a hell of a lot of um, lyrics used, messages within the tracks that I don't, I very much so struggle to relate with yeah. because it's you know obviously it's not part of my not part of my culture, yeah. so you know maybe. Maybe that's why, um, you know, I uh, I think that that that's pretty much the the main reason why most people go to the go to the album. Mm. You know, I, I would say so. Um, but yeah, yeah, I agree, mate. Like, which is why though, I find it interesting that you like Talib because he's very like political and like pro-black mm. and um, kind of about it gets very political and social a lot in his music so it's interesting that you say that it doesn't the, that album doesn't resonate with you but you like you prefer him yeah sure but I think you're right I think that people like the album because well I think there's a number of reasons one I think it's one of those albums that if you say you don't like it it's almost considered like oh you don't like it yeah. you don't like Blackstar album like yeah. it's a bit not in a harsh way but it's kind of like the hip hop version of like Shoreditch hipster wankers yeah. like if you don't like it it's somehow like seen as like oh well you don't you don't really sure. understand it then but 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 I remember I've not you know I don't say I don't like it I just think it's average you know I think it's okay you know I don't really get it yeah. that's my, that's the point really yeah. I'm just like well I can take, take it or leave it. leave it yeah fair enough but I understand yeah. that you know it's, it's a great album you know in terms of it's like you say it's impact because I, I do think it has had a you know a significant impact yeah I just think um you've got two two MCs that are both I would say they're going back to our earlier conversation they're pretty much on a par mm. they're really different but they are pretty much on a par in terms of their standing over in hip hop they're both really lyrical they're both very political and social in terms of what they talk about yeah. and the combination of the two with the high tech instrumentals for me it's just like it's just a really solid hip hop album there's some great moments on there you're right there's no like club bangers or crossover bangers but it's just really good thought provoking lyrical hip hop sure. for me and I think that's that's kind of its impact on, on hip hop is like people still regard it as a great album and it's really lyrical so for that to me like it's a really positive thing because a lot of the classic albums we've covered they're not necessarily that deep or yeah. lyrical and, and sure. this is certainly one of those that is so okay. I think that's that's a positive and also it's a, it's a good thing for, for hip hop in general Yeah. Um, just a reminder we'll add all the songs we discuss uh, basically that are ever mentioned or featured on these episodes on the Spotify playlist if you search uh, the Notorious Podcast Joints uh, you'll find it and we always tweet the link out, so if you haven't seen it, make sure you're following us and you'll be able to find that. Right, we've got some listener questions here, mate. Can't wait. Now, some of these we've had to do some prep on because there's layers to this shit. Um, we've got a question from a friend of the show, uh, Thelonious Filth, and he's asked us, top five rappers since 2010. 
and there's a couple of caveats on this. Their debut album has to have been uh, 2010 or later. Kendrick, Drake and Cole don't make the cut, so you're not allowed to include them. And he's put Enjoy with a little kiss. Now, I know why he's done that, because me and him constantly talk about how I think hip-hop, basically, and music in general, the last good era was the 90s. Uh, the noughties was okay, and after that was garbage. Yeah. So he, he knows what he's doing here. Yeah, he's, done he this, he's done this to wind me up, hasn't he? Yeah, and it's it's wound me up as well. Yeah, so he's, he's, he knows he's done well there. Yeah, he knows he's what he's it's, so, it's fucking hard. It is hard because it's not a lot of great shit out to there. To be honest, Jay Cole would have been in if, if, easily. Well, if, all three of them would have been in this. Probably, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I so basically, if I have to. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm not a massive lover of Kendrick, uh, but I respect him. Like he's for me, he's just like Tupac. Like. I respect him, but it's just not for me. Like it doesn't resonate yeah. with me. But I really do respect him. I think he is talented. But yeah, it's not for me. Drake, another one. It's like he's just the pin-up poster boy. He makes hits. It's not f- like I don't. I've got nothing against him actually. Like I don't have any bad feeling towards him. And he does make bangers. Like yeah. you get a few drinks and you're in a club. Like when we're in this fucking party later. Yeah, Drake tracks come on, comes we, up. Yeah, we're going to enjoy it. Let's definitely, be honest. Definitely. But is he a hip hop great? No, he's no, not. He's not. J. Cole is a hip hop great. And he would be in that top tier bracket it, with Man. the 90s rappers. Definitely. Like he, he's fucking brilliant. So, he is hip hop though, isn't he? Yeah. Like, exactly. So we can't have any of them three. So, so is Kendrick, to be fair. Yeah. But yeah, anyway, that's enough about them three. Yeah. So we can't, we can't have them three. <laughs> we can't have them As much as we like, keep talking about them, yeah. we can't have them three. So we've got to pick uh, a list of five. Now, I kind of started shortlisting this because I know that you and I kind of have a similar taste. So. I went through now originally I was like oh Tyler the Creator I was like easy one Tyler the Creator so I had a little look and I was like on Spotify and I was like oh yeah Goblin perfect 2011 but I forgot that he had the album um, yeah. Bastard Bastard yeah the one which was 2009 earlier. so rules him out so he was gone and he was one of the ones I was like oh people will like that because it's like he's a bit like he's cool now isn't he? yeah, he's a bit hipster yeah. so he's yeah. gone now so I thought and you, tell me if you don't agree with these because like I don't think we both need to do a list we'll just do a list between yeah. us uh, Joey badass god yeah 100% agree like he's great like I really like him I don't, personally he's another one and all the people on this list if they were around in the golden era they wouldn't be near this list they wouldn't be near the top tier rappers but for now they're they're great um, yeah especially early on like when when he was putting out all of those mix mm. mixtapes and stuff like that yeah 1999 yeah then, wow shit like that that was great um, really good Tracks from him that I like, Jesus View. You oh. introduced me to that, and I was like, "Fuck, this is fucking quality." Yeah, it's amazing. I really like him. Um, uh, then, so we got Joe Badass, Summer Nights, um, Dave East. Yeah, I like Dave East. Yeah, I think I think that's fair. Dave East, good. Uh, track I really like from him is Keisha. Keisha, because again, for me, it's just got that old sound. I like Dave East because he's like, again, he's on that more uh, lyrical New York. Again, it's a lot of New York influence here. Um, yeah, where you can actually Always. fucking understand what he's talking about, and it's it seem even though the beats are kind of morphing into the new stuff, it's still more traditional hip hop sure. for me. Um, this one's out of left field. He's like a personal favorite of mine. I talk about him all the time, and people should check him out. Uh, he's from Hell's Kitchen, New York. White boy, and his name's Marlon Craft. Now he's just signed a deal, and he's like just started putting stuff out. Who's he signed to, mate? Do you know? Uh, it's a really small independent. Okay. Don't know the don't know the label. It's, it's like a subsidiary of Sony, yeah. I think. Okay. Um, but just check him out like he is uh, he does these things which is like um, called craft style and he used to put them out before he was signed and he would just take classic hip hop instrumentals and then he would just rap about like the news from that week or that month 
uh, and like with a in a freestyle in a way, like in a thing. freestyle yeah it's just like yeah. just one verse right uh, like 16 or like 32 bars and um, the guy's like he's got it man he's okay. fucking got it like he doesn't play on I think he's one of them like um, if you listen to him you wouldn't know that he was white basically okay. he doesn't play on that at all for right. him it's just about hip hop he's like a proper student of it and, yeah sure uh, he, he ended up touring with Mob Deep just before Prodigy died right um, so he's kind of working a little bit with Havoc um, and people like that so yeah he, mate, he's he's fucking quality so check him out uh, and then I've put on here as like my fourth choice Conway uh, The Machine again there's some tracks out recently um, that I really like quite rate and um, Conway's one of those artists where like for me again it's like if he was out back in the day I think he would have just kind of got like lost a little bit like under the radar for me because he's like one of them where I just like he's okay like I like him I think he's alright but it's not one of those ones that I'm like oh my god he's amazing and I like constantly listen to his stuff and yeah. this is the thing for me it's like all of these artists like I, geek out, I don't really listen to that much if yeah. you know what I mean Yeah. and it's just for like I don't know it's just for more of a case of like I have to pick so I'm yeah. going to pick these ones do, do you know who we haven't mentioned for a while mate it's um Jay Electronica just before yeah fuck he was amazing do you remember like all that hype around him oh fuck I used to love Jay Electronica there was that Exhibit C and, and yeah that was a there tune. was a really good mixtape that he put out as well when was that just that? a very good rapper yeah he was really good but he's he sounded New York but he was from the south wasn't he it's got a really weird story hasn't he like he yeah. came over to London and then like that fell in love yeah, yeah. Like, he like had a, an affair with like some some like heiress yeah Fucking hell. Something like that. It was a bit weird. And he's just like, yeah, I don't want to do hip hop anymore. It's, that's fucking weird. But he's really smart, though, isn't he? Like, fucking super, super smart. Super smart. To the point where he's like, yeah, I can't be asked to, to do anything. But yeah, he's yeah. been around for years, though, hasn't he's he? He's got tons of cash now. Well, yeah, he's laughing. Just, yeah, 2007, he had like EPs actually. Yeah, Erica Bardu. He was together with Erica Bardu, oh, wasn't he? She's had a kid with fucking everyone. Yeah. <laughs> fucking hell. But I just really rate him as a rapper. Mate, same. Fucking hell. I haven't heard about him for such a long time. Yeah. He's 42, man. He's been around. <laughs> Fucking hell, yeah. From New Orleans. Yeah. Because he always sounded like he was from New York. But... Mm. Yeah, just Blaze, didn't he? Yeah, doing Exhibit A. And that's it. Like, that's yeah. it. Fucking hell, man. Yeah, great. Unfortunately, though, he doesn't, he doesn't no, make he doesn't, the criteria. Make it. He doesn't Fuck. make it. He's, fucking, um, he's done us here, T. Yeah, T, you have stumped us, mate. So we're just going to stick with four and just say there's not five good MCs. Yeah, Come and, and Joey Bardos by far is yeah, the best on that list. Out of that list. For yeah. me, personally. Same. So fuck it. Fuck all these other new rappers. Yeah, they're they shit, They fuck themselves. Talking of that, uh, Nathan DePaul asks, you've done top five MCs. Who do you think are the five most overrated? So we we started writing this list and we, we, we there's so many more than five. Oh, we stopped mate. we stopped um, Jesus. and we tried to keep it low. But it's like I think I can't remember who it was. I think it was T that actually mentioned on, on one of the previous podcasts that there's an awful lot of hip hop that was really shit throughout the nineties. Yeah, for definite. And it's, it's like it's all well and good looking looking back fondly on the good stuff, but there was also a lot of shit, mate. Yeah, like mate. really bad stuff. I mean, that's a really good point. And um, the thing is, it's sort of now become a little, like, in kind of conversation and jest between the two of us. Like, I say, modern music shit. He's, like, saying, well, no, there's all this good stuff. And you're looking at rose-tinted glasses. So yeah, it's, kind it's of, true. It's, it's kind true. of an intro. But he is right. Like, um, because it's an old era, 
I need same with all those eras, seventies, eighties. There's so much garbage in all those eras. But I'd prefer to listen to that old shit than I would prefer than I would to listen to the new shit that's out now. I would rather listen to the old shit than the best stuff that's out now. Yeah, correct. Still better. Like this trap stuff. Yeah, fuck trap. Fuck all these shit rappers. So right, we're gonna get Nathan. We're gonna get into these um, top five most overrated MCs. Right, Um, he's not number one on the list, but number one for all time is Lil Wayne. When, Terrible. When people put Lil Wayne in their top five, like, it fucking... I genuinely think, have I... Is there, like, a whole period have of I time that I was, like, in a yeah. coma for, that I just missed out on when he was brilliant? Yeah. I've seen freestyles that people think are great. I've listened to records that people think are great. He's a fucking gore. He's fucking shit! Mate, like, I think... Personally, I think anyone with Lil in their name is shit. Correct. I think if you put, if you call yourself Lil something, Lil Gary or something, <laughs> Gary, <laughs> that's what you should call your son. Oh, it's Lil Gary. Um, you're gonna be shit, Lil Gary. Mate, you, you know we're looking for a DJ name for you for a Mate, while. That's it, DJ Lil Gary. Lil Gary, and just take the piss. Never play anyone with Lil in their name. Lil, uh... my 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 nan's sister was called Lil Lillian, and it, we shortened it to Lil. My, oh, my auntie yeah. Lil, right? And we always used to go up the hill to see my auntie Lil. Right, <laughs> and, hell, and it just reminds me of that every time. Mm. And I just see this old woman, like old lady. She was lovely, bless her. But every time I hear Lil Wayne, I just think of my auntie Lil. Do you know what though? As well, like which could be a good. Thing. It's the perfect summary, right? Is in the nineties, <laughs> big pun, yeah, notorious big, big L, yeah, good shout, big, yeah, because hip hop was fucking big and they were good. Put them three up against any Lil cunt, yeah, big. Biggs versus Lil's. No fucking contest. No, of course not. Little fucking Wayne is toilet. And people that put him in the top five, it's, you're, you should hang your head in shame. You can't find, like, out of the, the hundreds of rappers, you think he's in the top five best ever. Mental. Are you fucking mental, mate? He wouldn't be in my top 100 rappers. I put myself above Lil Wayne. Really? He's fucking shit. Yeah, no man. Rubbish. I hate him so much. And also, I blame him for the start of this auto-tune, mumble rap, nonsense way of delivering flow. His his lyrics are fucking shit. And people are like, oh, it's brilliant. It's not brilliant. Mm. It's garbage. You compare that common verse, that one verse that Common wrote on that that track, and play anything by Lil Wayne and tell me that he is lyrically better. I know, mate. People think he's lyrically good, mate. This is what annoys me. If they were just like, you know, we talk about it all the time, like these artists that like, oh, but it's about the vibe. Fine, I get that. Yeah, it's not about lyrical content, mate. Exactly. But people start talking about Lil Wayne like he's lyrically brilliant, mate. And they'll go, oh yeah, look at this lyric. Yeah, well, that's mental. That is mental to me. Actually, if you are a big... Lil Wayne, fan, Lil Wayne fan tweet us some lyrics yeah because I mean to be fair I've, I've never really listened to any of his, his music apart from the apart from the big hits you lollipop know? and shit yeah. yeah so so if you know of yeah, we're good lyrics something. or if he's if there's some stuff which we've missed like for example on YouTube like from early day like battling or something like that yeah then, then tweet it because you know yeah I'd like to hear it so this is so I'm just going to pl- I mean this I hate him so much I'm just on this is his most listened to track 600 million people have listened to this never heard of it Sucker for Pain with Wiz Khalifa I mean listen to this fucking Rubbish. 
really embarrassing. Here we go. I mean, that lyric is so shit. Yeah, it was about. I feel bad. I'm gonna slip my throat. I've got bitches up in the boat. What is that? Yeah, Butter and yeah, jellyfishes on toast. And if I get stung, I get stoked. Might choke like I chewed a chunk of charcoal. Naked in the North Pole. That's why. Fuck me. <laughs> it is appalling. It's appalling. And that's had 600 million cunts listen to that. 600 million to that shit. And how many hours people listen to fucking Respiration? An actual song with poetry and fucking time and effort gone into it. You've lost it, Fuck it, mate. mate. I've lost... Seven million. Yeah, it's mental. 600 so, million so versus seven, seven million. So, yeah, so a hundred times. Fucking bullshit. Absolutely fucking bullshit. So it's, I think it's fair to say you think Lil Wayne's overrated, mate. He's rubbish. So he's number one on the list. Number two, <laughs> another another artist that uh, I hear all the time in people's top five, and they're like, oh, he's amazing. Punchlines. Fabulous. Yeah, he's not good. Don't get that, mate, do you? No, I don't. I'm not having that either. His fucking draw is boring. I kind of... Um, I liked that little period that he had, though. Um, is, was it in the early noughties when he did, like... Into You and Into You and stuff. Like, like the poppy crossover. Like, like poppy yeah, stuff. Like poppy stuff, like, yeah. But in terms of generally as a rapper, like, nah, not having it. Don't, yeah, not don't get it. it. I'm not going to hate on him anywhere near as bad as Lil Wayne. He can he can rap and he's... You know he's he's a million times better than Lil Wayne sure. personally, but he's overrated. Future, the yeah. fucking state of these people that are like think Future some sort of like genius. Like he he pretty much admits that he's shit. Really, but he's like his lyrics are just garbage. Like I just, just struggle, mate, because I don't. Yeah, shut up, mate. So he's shit. I think no, Bass. I think you've got to remember, mate. It's just hip hop is very different to what it was like twenty five years ago. But they shouldn't call it hip hop then, because so I was talking to someone about this the other day. They don't they do they? They call it trap or whatever. <laughs> they call it something different. Do they call it hip hop? I don't know, mate. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm sort of challenging you, really. Well, most people refer to stuff that they put out now as hip hop. It's still under the same banner. They mm. don't really ever correct it. Yeah. Um, and this is my major problem with it. Someone was saying the other day, oh, you know, it's just different and music evolves and hip-hop evolves, which is great, right? But there are certain things and pillars in hip-hop that you have to adhere to in order for it to be hip-hop. Sure. When punk bands were, like, wearing T-shirts saying, like, fuck Pink Floyd and fuck the Beatles and fuck Rolling Stones, they said, oh, this is our scene and it's called punk. And they create their own scene. So no one goes... No one refers to, like, the Sex Pistols yeah. or these punk bands as rock and roll. They refer to them as punk. Yeah, they Wiley did thing. it with Garage and Grime. Exactly, right? Um, but these little cunts... Slipknot did it with uh, yeah. rock and roll. Or, yeah, and you know, or, fucking black metal yeah, and that shit, right? Yeah, so all these artists and all these genres are created by people going, well, we're separate to that because we're doing our own thing. You can't be coming up on a track that's not that's not the same like core components instrumentally just because you're rap- rapping like that's one bit that's like saying anything with a guitar on is rock and roll rapping is just a skill set yeah mm. hip hop is a separate thing so these little rats coming up on tracks like just rapping over shit and sh- rapping badly mm. and going oh this is hip hop is bullshit like it shouldn't be under the same banner for me I th- create your own little shit scene yeah I think you're in a bad mood mate no, I'm in a good mood. I just hate these little rat cunts. <laughs> Fuck off. All right, so basically, there's a few people who we think are overrated. Yeah. And I think we do agree 
we do agree on them. Yeah. So we got Fabulous, Lil Wayne, Future. Then Migos. Migos. Absolute dog grow shit. Up, grow up. Again, all they do this ad lib thing. Yeah. Running around on a beach. Beach. Santa. Like what? No. Yeah. That's not. shit, mate. Yeah. Uh, Lil Uzi Vert for obvious reasons. Lil Yachty for obvious yeah, reasons. Again, Lil. Just shit. Aren't Lil? Uh, another question. So cheers for that. Um, Nathan that was a good question good mate. really good question uh, and hopefully you've got the genuine rage there <laughs> I fucking hate them he has lost it yeah, uh, yeah. Um, hip hop lover on twitter has asked us what is the best hip hop gig you've been to we spoke earlier about um, Primo that. Primo that was sick actually Primo. Did we, we must have we mentioned about that, it yeah, yeah. Um, that was amazing wasn't it no the best one I ever went to was at um, the Roseland Theatre in New York mm. where I saw um LL Cool J, Black Thought, Public Enemy, fucking Ice Cube, um, on the same bill. That's fucking mental. Um, they were doing like a, a, a number of dates, and it just so happened I was in New York at the time, and I was like, Fuck. obviously I'm going to that. Yeah, and it was yeah. fucking actually Black Thought wasn't on it. Black Thought come along to to like Watch. just to see everyone, Fuck and yeah. ended up on the stage. <laughs> fucking That's unbelievable, mate. That's it was great. great, and to be there. And like me and Elise in the in the crowd, you know, just standing out like a sore thumb. Yeah, of course. <laughs> but do you know what? It was such a great gig. It was really good. And like, do you know what made that gig actually was the people, you know, actually yeah. in the crowd. Such lovely, lovely people. You yeah. know, it was really good. Just chatting, chatting away, and we ended up getting really friendly with this couple. Just sort of buying drinks and stuff. She had a great like mm. party, it was a, and it was a proper hip hop gig. What part so, of New York were you in? Brooklyn? Or? No, it was in um, uh, it was it? Yeah, it was in Manhattan. It's Roseland Theatre. Yeah, I mean, I love New York like West, so much. West Forty Fifth or something. I love it. I just love the whole like because it's the kind of home of hip hop. Yeah, like it's something special about seeing hip hop performed there. Yeah. Um, What's your best hip hop gig, mate? Because I'm I'm quite jealous of your. I mean, yeah. I've been lucky because I've. Try to see as many people like I saw Wu Tang. They're like pr- pretty much my favorite like group in hip hop. Mm, mm. um, so I saw them last year. That was good. Um, the the best. So two things. One from an experience point of view, I managed to see Pete Rock in Brooklyn. Oh no! Uh, and I met him on his way into the like venue. So basically, he was running late, and um, it was like uh, large professor. Uh, was on Fuck. first doing a set like just DJ set and then Pete Rock was on afterwards Yeah, and Large Professor kind of was just play, like playing on for longer and um, I was like I just said to my missus like, I'm just going to the toilet and as I was going to the toilet I, just, I literally see Pete Rock walk through the door and I'm like because I've had a few drinks and I'm like it's fucking it's Pete Rock like you're yeah. not, not going to go over of course not so I just went over and I was like I was like Pete <laughs> I was like Pete how you doing and he's like his voice is mental I'm not going to try it but he's like really gruff isn't he and uh, I was like I just literally went I'm yeah. from London oh mate absolutely uh, but he was so happy he was like oh amazing like we started chatting and I was like mate I, like, I cannot believe I'm meeting you like this is incredible like I'm really looking forward to your set and stuff like that and I'm one of these I don't like to ask for pictures I just think it's like it, like remember the memory yeah sure do you know yeah, what I mean like, yeah, you exactly. can take a don't, picture don't spoil it yeah. and just be like oh there's another guy asking for a picture or you can talk to him about hip hop and remember that memory so yeah I was just like oh my god like, it's amazing to meet you like a massive fan uh, I didn't want to go again into too much detail because yeah. running late I was like look I just want to say like, it's really great to meet you thanks so much and he was like he was genuinely like really warm and just like great. oh thanks so much lovely to meet you like hope you enjoy the show Yeah. and then hearing him play like the uh, instrumentals that he'd made for Illmatic 
live and large professor just like going over like it was Fuck. fucking mad it was mad so I, that, I was always really jealous of the fact that you went to see um, Beastie Boys yeah oh fucking hell yeah I forgot about that and so, was Dizzy supporting them was it was mm, it then I can't was remember a separate gig? I can't remember yeah I can't remember who was supporting them but that was the full lineup so before me. they died yeah um, unreal it was amazing mate um, I've never That's seen a great gig to go I've never seen a crowd react uh, when Intergalactic came like it was fucking met, like it was madness I've never seen anything like it mate you had all these stewards like telling people to sit down on the upstairs where we were sitting good luck and it was fucking chaos like people yeah. were in different seats and it was fucking nuts um, and yeah just like just seeing them perform I mean, they're old then yeah but sure. it was it was brilliant mate that was a really good gig but the best the best gig I've been to uh, was Common uh, Roundhouse in Camden and the reason for it is obviously he's like my favourite rapper but his clarity like when you go to see like a lot of hip hop gigs sometimes the mic like when we didn't see Blackstar the mics are a bit shit yeah, or shit. the bass is too loud or this is that and it's just the yeah. sound's always a bit shit this was honestly the most crystal clear word perfect performance I've ever seen from anyone wow. it was amazing coupled with I'd the fact I'd expect that from Common though but he's just so good like yeah. so good at, like, his performance is amazing yeah, yeah. Uh, coupled with the fact like it's, you know it's the Diller instrumentals it's high tech instrumentals uh, no ID instrumentals and then him and it's live and yeah mate it was just, that was probably the best one yeah, I've seen that was fair enough that was quality um, another good question that that's a really good question thanks for that mate um, Charlie Mogg has asked us would you rather know who killed Biggie or who killed Tupac simple um, okay so for me it would be Biggie mm. Same. I'm not entirely sure. Well, I mean, I think I just think that there's there's a lot more mystery around that, you know, like a hell of a lot more mystery, and also because of the conspiracy around it. Yeah, because I, I think there's something a bit more to it. Well, because I think from the people that have spoken about it, I think like they pretty much know, not yeah, for definite, that like essentially Puffy paid some West Coast gangsters to kill yeah. Park, but no one's really sure. Who killed Biggie? They just think it's a retaliation. Exactly. So yeah, I, I would go for Biggie, and, and again, I just prefer Biggie. So I want to know how he's getting on. Uh, okay, no more hip hop ones, just weird ones now. Great. Would you rather have finger-sized nipples or nipple-sized fingers? <laughs> finger-sized nipples. So like, imagine my or nipple-sized my index finger like yeah. sticking out. Or just like little nubs with like little nipples. Definitely, I'd definitely take the big nipples. Oh, but then when you go to the beach, mate, and you're on holiday, and you've just got this droopy, <laughs> fucking Cyril Sneers nose <laughs> hanging off your pecs and your fucking bitch tits with your oh, fucking mate. little Cyril Sneers. Yeah, but at least your hands still function. That's true. <laughs> and you just don't go to beach holidays. Yeah, and just wear a, wear a t-shirt. Yeah, and like strap them down. Strap so them it, down. Well, because if it gets cold. And they like go they're hard. Gonna, they're gonna go erect. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's gonna look weird, isn't it? So strap them down if you think it's gonna get. But I, I just think you know you you can cover them up, but your hands and that like you, it's, they're pretty useful, aren't they? Your yeah, hands. there's nothing you, you use, can do. Use your hands quite a lot. Yeah, there's nothing you can do with nipple hands. <laughs> no, and like your nipples yeah. as a bloke as well. What are they really for? So it don't matter, does it? Man, spot on. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, why, yeah. why do blokes even have nipples? Why do blokes have nipples? There's something about there's something around this, isn't there? There's something like when you, when you like, I don't know. It's because you, something to do with chromosomes, isn't it? 
that you I because, don't want to get too because you add there. an extra chromosome to become you, a man yeah exactly because like so you, we at have, some point ah, you, okay. yeah I think I don't know Maybe, something yeah. like that no that's interesting probably not for this pod because we just normally talk about like and it'd be fucking weird if you didn't have nipples if it was just like not. but then if, if we'd always never had them it wouldn't be weird it's only because now if like people were born without them we'd be like oh why haven't you got nipples but if men had never had nipples true. it wouldn't be weird mate true weird <laughs> <laughs> It's fucking weird, but yeah, cheers. Um, okay, uh, next question. Spend a day wearing wet socks or have a bit of popcorn in your teeth all day? Oh, definitely uh, spend a day wearing wet socks. Oh. Definitely. Oh, did you ever used to do that, though? Like, when you... This is so retro, but like, when you used to play football, like, training on a Saturday or whatever, and you'd, like, old man would pick you up, but you'd be in your kit, and he'd have to go to, like, B&Q, and you'd yeah. be in your kit, and, like, soggy, and it was yeah. fucking rank. But I fucking I hate, hate popcorn as well. Do you? What, yeah, are you eating it? No, I just don't like salted popcorn. I find it the weirdest thing to eat. Ah. Yeah, mate. I don't, don't you know? <laughs> you, I know? Surely you know this about <laughs> no, me. I mate. fucking hate it. Get, ah. It all gets stuck in your teeth. It tastes shit. It's just dry, isn't it? Oh, it's no. just dry. What do you have it makes you thirsty. Sweet popcorn. Oh, you have. So you like popcorn, but just sweet? Well, I mean, to be fair, <laughs> this is classic. Oh, God. To be fair, given the choice, right. I'd buy a bag of. Opal fruits or minstrels or something. Oh, mate, they haven't been opal fruits since whatever. fucking Big Pun was still. Starburst, like. whatever. Starburst, yeah. <laughs> they still starburst. Um, so yeah, I'd, I'd pick um, I'd pick a like a packet of sweets or a packet of chocolate. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Over Some choosing to minstrels? have a bag of fucking dust that's massive, Maltese? that just gets stuck in your teeth. What would you like if you had to pick a like, bag of chocolate? So it's like usually Revels, Maltesers. Uh, minstrels, mate. Minstrels. Yeah, I'm not a fucking coward. Minstrels. <laughs> Revels, no chance. Revels are, would be my choice. Um, so I don't like popcorn, so I definitely... And I like it, you know, when you, you go out, like, walking or something like that, you end up with, like, yeah. Yeah, no, it's fair. Wet feet. You deal with it, yeah? Yeah, get on Yeah, with fair it. enough. I'd, pr- I'd probably... Uh, the wet socks would really fuck me off, and I... Every time I have it, uh, popcorn, it always gets on my teeth, so I'm obviously can deal with it, so I'd go for that. Um, okay, last question. Never have to pee, never piss again, or never poo again. What and die because of it? No, no, no. Just like you no longer need to piss, or you no longer need to poo. You can pick one. Now, for me, right, piss. You never want to piss again. Yeah, because it's 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 just a bit of an inconvenience, isn't it? That's where I'm at with it. Because I look at it and I think, like in a normal day, you piss more than you poo, so it's just annoying. Yeah, and and you can you can truly enjoy. A good poo. poo. Yeah. Because you can go and read the news. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, do, like brush up on your haberdashery. Just... Check your Twitter feed. Yeah. It's good. Uh, genuinely, though. <laughs> genuinely, though. <laughs> it's a good uh, time to reflect on stuff, I find. Do you know what I mean? Like, if you're having a bit of a shit morning at work, excuse the pun, yeah. you can, like, go and sit in a trap and just, like, read and just take your mind off it and then yeah. get rid of the waste and go back in. Whereas, and also, <laughs> the waste. also, when you're out on the lash, Break the seal is a fucking nightmare. Yeah, as soon as you, as soon as you've done it, you, you're in trouble, aren't you? Yeah, and you're just constantly going to the toilet, and it's fucking annoying. And let's talk let's talk about urinals as well for a second. Oh. So so you'd never have to urinals wouldn't exist if you didn't piss. Yeah, and well, no, because it would only be you. Result. It would only be you. You would never need to use them. They'd still exist for everyone else. It's just that you never ever needed to piss. Like in the pub that I was in last night, one of the urinals was just blocked. And mm. I always think to myself, right, how do they get blocked up 
it's fucking water going down there. Yeah. So why is it blocked? What are you pissing? Like tissue or yeah. like polystyrene? Like, why? Why is that? Like what the fuck? And then um, like every time I went in there, it was like just getting deeper and deeper and deeper, and it was just like it was just waiting to just like pour out, you know, over over your over your tra- trainers. Do you know what, mate? Fuck um, off! You just reminded me there when you were talking about like shit pubs. Do you remember, like, when we were younger, we used to go and, like, watch the football on a weekend, and we used to go to a pub in Flick, which, like, a kind of place near to where we grew up, uh, to the Bumblebee. Oh, the Stinger? The Stinger. Oh, yeah. Which is a ropey pub, and we used to have this little tradition, we'd, like, get there early, and we'd go to the betting shop, put on, like, an accumulator, or some bets on the game, or whatever it was, and then we'd head into the Stinger. Do you remember one day, we'd go into the betting shop, and as we come out, and we're about to go in the pub, we see a man, a fully grown man, in a full parrot suit. Yeah, mate, I do remember. He was in a full parrot suit. And he was like really, he was like a real chav, wasn't he? Yeah. Like a proper country chav. Like ratty, little, scummy, little chav. But he's in a... Ford Mondeo. And when I say a parrot suit, what I mean is like, so imagine a six foot man in like something you'd wear to like a carnival. Like they had the wings for his arms. He had like a big tail. Like his head was like out of the mouth of the beak of the parrot. Yeah. And he wasn't just standing there. He was having a... the, the, The kind of feet as well yeah you? like everything like it was quite a good costume yeah it was um and he wasn't just standing there minding his own business he was having a blazing row <laughs> do you remember this a blazing squawk Bla- yeah blazing squad um with this random woman and she, basically the gist of it was that he'd had sex with her daughter and then dumped <laughs> her and she was having a go the way that he treated her which in normal circumstances would have been chavvy enough but the fact he was wearing a parrot suit was so fucking surreal. Yeah. Do you remember? It was. And then he said the immortal lines, which I'll never forget. She went, you should be ashamed of yourself. And then he went, do you remember what he said? He said, I don't care. I'm a fucking parrot. I, I, d- I don't give a fuck. Something I'm like a that. parrot. Yeah. yeah. I don't give a fuck. I'm a parrot. It was so weird. <laughs> like, were we fucked up then or something? No, like, it was like one in the afternoon. Did it actually happen? It definitely happened. What it was like, if you've ever seen Lockstock, Remember that bit when they're like walking to the pub and then the geezer comes out on fire? fire yeah, yeah, and they yeah. just look at him and they're like, <sighs> but then they walk in anyway. Yeah, and we were fucking cracking up about that for ages, weren't we? I'm a fucking parrot, mate. I don't <laughs> give a fuck. It was unreal. <laughs> that was fucking nuts. Um, so yeah, that was good times. Mate, if, if anyone knows who that parrot was, yeah. instead of- <laughs> I know what his first name is Piers. Piers the parrot. <laughs> I don't think his surname <laughs> was, was the parrot. Was it's it just parrot? A, imagine his name was Piers Parrot, and that's why he was wearing it. Because maybe he didn't mean when he was saying, "I don't give a fuck, I'm a parrot." He literally meant could have been John Parrot's son, mm. the snooker player, Troy Parrot, the Tottenham prospect. Could have been his older brother. Interesting. Right. Well, that's enough fucking nonsense for one week. We're going to go and get lagered up like a couple of geezers. Just a couple of little bits of um, housekeeping for you. Uh, if you're not following us already on Twitter what are you doing because you've been listening to this probably for ages so do it at Notorious P underscore O underscore D uh, we also need the same fucking usual bullshit that everyone asks for which is like oh can you rate and review us like it's annoying to us but we really it helps us basically the more ratings and reviews the higher up we go on charts and people see us and then more people listen so spread the love like I said it's the Brooklyn way and then you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at the real John Bass J-O-N-B-A-S-S uh, Gaz what's your handle mate um, Gary Marina 07 uh, uh, we are available on all podcast platforms so tell your friends make sure they get listened to us uh, like I said rate and review really helps um, Gaz mate thanks mate always it's been it's good been a, it's been a pleasure 
It's been really good. I'm um, sorry that I've been a bit negative about the album, but uh, you know, it's it's good to have the debate. Mate, we need the honesty. There's no point in us like just sitting here going, "Oh yeah, it's yeah. really good." Um, do you want to? Have you done any new mixes recently, mate? Because the summer is upon us, and you're I have very made. good for a nice little summer mix. Yeah, I've just done. Um, I've done a new one. It's on my SoundCloud, which is G hyphen Smudge, which um, is S M U J. S M U J. Yeah, and um, it is a nod to uh, Kim English, uh, of course, garage vocal legend, passed away recently. Um, the last track on the mix is. Kim English's Nightlife uh, and before that is a load of new Garage um, nice. out recently um, from a uh, production team or a DJ uh, called MOAD which stands for Mind of a Dragon uh, and he's putting out some unbelievable Garage yeah, and it's... Garage is coming back in yeah. a big way uh, which just fills me with Pure joy. joy. And it's great, to be honest. great when the summer months come around. Totally, mate. It'd be yeah. nice to hear some fresh sounds. I feel like Garage is due a uh, like, resurrection. I don't mean the old records getting like replayed. I mean, no, the new not, not the shit vocal dubstep we nonsense. hear all yeah. the time. I'm talking about like instrumental two step Garage. And what's really nice about it, and without wanting to geek out on it too much, because the production's improved, like it's so much more yeah, multi-layered, yeah. and it's um, and a lot clearer, and it's just a pleasure to DJ. It's yeah, like nice. really enjoyable. So, um, yeah, listen to the mix. Uh, hopefully, hopefully you enjoy it. There you go. Um, well, look, thanks a lot for joining us. We really appreciate it. Um, just to say, like we've um, we obviously started this podcast uh, sort of to try and relive some of our favorite albums from kind of the 90s and the noughties and, and just kind of relive the hip-hop albums that we love and it was just kind of fun for us to do because we love it and we're passionate about it but um, we started to get some momentum we're, we're getting quite a lot of people listening so um, for those of you that have been with us from the start thank you so much like, we really do appreciate it um, for those of you that just joined us thanks a lot please feel free to listen back to the old episodes go through them um, so much more to come from us we've got bonus episodes on other genres so we're talking soul albums jazz albums uh, UK hip hop garage grime mm. uh, R&B all that sort of stuff so they're, they'll be coming kind of interspersed between the hip hop albums if you like it please get in contact with us um, on our social media and just kind of get involved the more people that can give us questions the more we can answer and we'll have a lot of fun so thanks a lot for joining us and get ready for the next episode peace this is Notorious P.O.D. The name's John Bass on this MIC I brought a couple man alongside of me I got Gary Roy Smith in the place to boot We got murder stats and guests galore You know we're talking real hip-hop folklore And we're gonna cover all the goddamn classics Notorious P.O.D. We're gonna smash it Peace